You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. We have the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Got a couple of good things to mention today. John Hollinger released a mock draft with all the latest intel, some of the rumors that he's hearing surrounding each franchise. It was a good one. He has the Hornets taking somebody other than a big man, which we've been talking about quite a bit. So we'll get to that in the second segment. Also, Chad Ford proposed a trade between the Knicks and the Hornets, and it has not an eye excited, which means that it's not going to happen because somebody put it out in the universe. And anytime anybody puts out a trade into the universe, it doesn't happen. But I still like the idea of it. We'll get to that later on in the show today. I thought today would be a, a good show to lead off with what Rick Pinnell wrote about Cody Zeller, an article and in, uh, interview between Rick and Cody, where basically um, Cody Zeller discusses him himself being a trade chip for the Charlotte Hornets and not, I know there were a bunch of good things in this article that Rick wrote where Cody acknowledges he understands is a part of the business. Cody Zeller's name is brought up constantly in some of these trade discussions, any kind of fake trade you might bring up between the Hornets and whoever it's miles bridges. It's Cody Zeller because one year left on his contract, it could eat up a lot of salary and match even some of the bigger ones you might include in any other trade you might think of. What were some of the things that you took away from what Rick wrote today in the Charlotte Observer? One of the big ones that I took away from it is that just the difference in between difference in how some veterans were handled. And we keep saying this is a new regime. This is a different regime. I just go back to like the days when people were traded without warning and there was no professionalism in that front office. And to see that and then to see Cody, Cody basically be treated like, hey, we may deal you, but uh, we really want you to stay. And there's that. The Cody Martin part of it was very, very interesting to me as well, because, again, he's like, do you know why we started winning? It's these two guys, two guys that nobody (laughs) expected anything from, me included. Like, I didn't expect anything from them. And here we are. And you have probably one of the senior most veterans saying, this is the reason why we won. These guys are the reason why we won. And that's kind of interesting to me. It is interesting. One, I saw that Rick Bennell wrote, it's he's an eight season veteran now. He's going into his eighth season, which is just nuts to me. Like it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Uh, Crazy. Um, The other thing you mentioned that Cody Zeller admitted how honest the Charlotte Hornets have been with him. He said, our front office has been really honest with where I stand. Even last year when I wasn't starting or wasn't playing as much because they were evaluating Bismack Biombo and Billy Hernan Gomez, they kind of gave me reassurance. We're happy with you. We want to keep you around. But at the same time, if a team calls with a good offer, you're going to get traded. I thought that was interesting. And perhaps I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm getting out the magnifying glass and finding false things here. But when he says... Even last year when I wasn't starting or playing as much because they were evaluating Biz and Billy, you know, it it makes sense. And I think we knew what they were doing at that point. I don't think we ever heard 
uh, Cody Zeller say that, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think I, I ever remember James Borrego coming out flatly and just saying we're evaluating these guys and what they can do because it, it goes to the point. Cody's clearly better, right? I mean, Cody's yes. clearly better than Bismack Biombo and Billy Hernan Gomez. But what James Borrego did with Cody was I mean, he jerked him around quite a bit. And maybe I, I don't want to say that in a negative connotation. So mm-hmm. I, I'll just say that he played with his minutes pretty loosely trying to figure out what center rotation he wanted to work with. We can go back to Rick's comments maybe when we played those uh, with his appearance on the wake-up call mm-hmm. when Rick said he would argue James Borrego was never truly happy with the center rotation. But, Cl- but Cody Zeller is clearly better than both of those guys. And it just goes to show you that the Hornets were, you know, f- coming at it from a sheer evaluation standpoint w- when you're looking at the centers. And I think Cody, it, look, I'm not saying it's this groundbreaking information. It, it just seems like Cody kind of confirmed that was the message that was told to him when he was speaking with Rick and, and the piece that he dropped in the observer today. Now that was definitely like, again, just the solid, the solidity, uh, uh, just basically solidifying feelings. And granted Cody could have made, like, I keep saying this about like Terry Rozier and Terry Rozier has that reputation, but Cody Zeller could have also made this very, very uncomfortable if he didn't like the way this was going, especially when you're on a 20 something win team and he played good, good soldier. Now, granted, some of that security comes from the fact that you know what you're you know you're getting paid a decent amount of change the first and the fifteenth of every month. I get that part, but what's really interesting for me is just the fact that he really does kind of want to be here. He doesn't really want to go anywhere. That was the other thing. Well, no, it's a yeah, it's a good point you bring up because I think Terry Rogier does get a lot of praise for being a guy that had to adapt to a different role quite a bit this season too. And even if he signed with this team thinking that he was going to be the point guard and then he gets moved to an off ball role, especially when Devonte is playing so well, you know, we praise Terry and I wonder how much of that comes from us being scared that a Terry Rogier might do some of the locker room stuff that he was reported to have done in Boston. And then when that doesn't happen, it's this bigger sense of euphoria that he's a team guy where here's Cody Zeller who has just been doing this all along, no matter what center has been here with the Hornets. And and even now where he's again, clearly better than Billy, who is such a liability defensively mm-hmm. biz offensively. We know what it is with him. Cody, clearly the guy, and yet still understanding where the Hornets are from a talent evaluation standpoint. And I remember when Cody Zeller signed that contract, Nada, I remember talking about that with Rick and, and it was funny how Cody came at it. Perhaps you might call it stupid, to be honest with you, when you're discussing him, maybe leaving money on the table. But you know, when Cody said to Rick, I just wanted to get it over with. I just wanted to have a sense of security and just go at it where I didn't have to worry about my contract anymore. You know, it it goes to show you how much he's meant to the Hornets based on just getting the contract over and done with, how he's accepted his role, no matter, you know, even you could see how frustrating it would be having his minutes, maybe not having a clear identity with what his role is every single night. I, You know, Cody, you talk about guys that mean more to the franchise than I think a lot of people will give him credit for. Cody is that guy. And we can go back to even my top 30 Hornets of all times list. I did it, you know, right Mm -hmm. when I took over the show and I didn't have Cody in there at that point. He was still very injury ridden. I had Marvin, I think like at 28 or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know, Cody's in there. He was in there last year. He's certainly in there now to me, not. And I just feel like it's been a guy as, as we 
joke about it with Doug. How <laughs> he doesn't put any stats in the in the box score. You know, Doug wants the stats that actually show up in the counting stats. Yeah. I, I mean, just when you hear Cody talk, when you hear him kind of be all team, which is, you know, code for stuff. And I get all that. But Cody really does exemplify uh, what all of that was with the Hornets. And, you know, if, if the last thing you get from him is a good return and some kind of potential trade, then you know what? That only maybe moves him up the, uh, the all-time Charlotte Hornets list uh, if, if yeah. we're able to get a good return for him. No, I get it. I get it. And it's one of those things like I kind of like we we've had how many episodes this summer talking about what happens if he leaves? Is he a trade chip? Is he this? Is he that? And we only did one of what if he stays and there's a yeah, good right. chance that he could honestly stay. And I don't like, what do we do then? What do we do then? Because I keep thinking about that. And I keep thinking like, this guy deserves to stay. This guy deserves to see the other side of this. And hopefully he does. But at the same time, I also wonder, I also kind of wonder like how he feels when they're clearly making overtures to another center, whether Mm -hmm. it's a Kong Wu or whether it's Wiseman the Hornets clearly want one of those two guys. And I wonder how that feels because that's got to be that like, granted he has no ego because again, as you see in the piece, he's again, he says he doesn't care whether he starts or he doesn't. But at the same time there again, when you start talking about trading assets to move up to get a center, which the Hornets have been rumored to do, that's got to like sting the pride just a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, but it, he's showing how he understands it. And so I think that's why you got to give him a tip of the cap. And by the way, with Cody Zeller having just one year left, being on an expiring deal and the salary cap, as we see reported, is not expected to go up, which makes the Charlotte Hornets cap space all that much more valuable. And mm-hmm. you would imagine having another year come off of the books. I wonder how much how much more valuable Cody Zeller is, you know, having having maybe him, you know, get traded, having that expiring contract come off of the books next season, you know, how much more could maybe the Hornets eat a bad contract? Mm-hmm. And, and like, I just, it, it opens up, it, it's a good thing for the Hornets for this thing. You know, I, I think we played a uh, soundbite from Tim Bontemps earlier today on the wake up call saying, you know, rise in the salary cap would have actually hurt some of these teams. Charlotte Hornets would have been that team, but for the benefit of the Charlotte Hornets, it actually doesn't go up. And then you see that their cap space becomes all that much more valuable. We can talk about that maybe later on in the show today. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Go. Built Go comes from the makers, of course, of Built Bar. And uh, whether it's a mental or physical wall that you need to break uh, breakthrough, Built Go can help you every single day. They come in easy to take one and a half ounce packages, and it is the best workout gel on the market. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It uh, promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. And the stuff literally makes you look better. Not only feel better, but it makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. John Hollinger put a mock draft out there. Who does he have the Hornets taking? We'll talk about it next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot <laughs> wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
So one of our very own on the Lockdown Podcast Network, John Hollinger, released a mock draft, and it's based on the intel, everything that he's hearing from certain scouts and whatnot. And he's actually got the Hornets taking somebody different than a James Wiseman and or an Anyeka Okungwu, like we had him taking in this uh, Lockdown Podcast Network mock draft that we just did, Nada. So he's got the Hornets selecting Anthony Edwards at number three mm-hmm. after he has the Minnesota Timberwolves taking LaMelo Ball, number one, and then James Wiseman going to Golden State at number two overall. John Hollinger writes, the Hornets need a center, but they don't need to draft a center. The Bugs have plentiful cap space, and there are several quality fives on the market this offseason. Getting back to the draft and possible centers, it appears Charlotte is very excited about James Wiseman and maybe only somewhat excited about Anyeka Kungwu. If Wiseman is gone, that could leave the Hornets trading down or selecting a Kongwu third, but they are just as talent starved on the rest of the court and just need high upside, all-star caliber talent. Edwards is the one who fits the bill here. I would agree with all of that. Nada, Mm -hmm. here's where you get concerned. He says, finally, here's the one piece of this puzzle that's nagging at me. Teams aren't sold on Edwards. They know he's talented, but the shaky J, blah workout, and some very iffy background reports make everybody nervous as hell. I can't find anybody excited, he puts in italics, to pick him, and that makes me wonder if he could slip. What do you make of John Hollinger's evaluation on what he's hearing from some of the scouts and Anthony Edwards going to the Hornets if LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman are gone? What I what I make of this, quite honestly... Walker is the fact that I think people are like I've said with 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 LaMelo Ball I think people are overthinking this there's a reason why Anthony Edwards was going to be this guy that was always going to be at the top of the board because he's just so physically friggin gifted like he can do whatever you need to on the court and you just have to get that kid's mind right he's also 19 so again he's a kid but this has all the makings of you had all these whispers about this, that, and the third, and he turns out to be the best player in the draft. So I'm kind of worried that we're going to get to a point where people are going to just start talking down on this kid and the Hornets pass on him for a Kongwu, which again, I understand, but for what they're doing, for what they are, for what, like, for what the Hornets are trying to do, it makes a whole lot more sense to draft an an Anthony Edwards. And I almost kind of want them to, because right now I like talent and I like Hollinger's point that centers can be had for cheap. I just wonder if if this is just an appeasement move, like, and again, long-term, if this is an appeasement move, because as we've mentioned a bunch of times in the last week and a half, Borrego was not the biggest fan of his center rotation. So at some point, Maybe we just have to understand that this is for a whole bunch of other, again, this is for the coach that wants a better center, that wants a center that he can build around. Well, and so (laughs) the Charlotte Hornets, not a, with any mock draft that we see with all the rumors out there, the Hornets are at the center of this thing, man. I mean, all you see is any potential draft that people are having fun, any team where they're coming up with potential trades, I should say, Charlotte Mm -hmm. Hornets are at the center of it. I mean, John Hollinger mentions a Charlotte Hornets trade as soon as he gets to the first pick in the draft. He says, I'm fairly certain the first pick in the draft will be either LaMelo Ball or James Wiseman. Ball is the biggest talent, but Wiseman could help at number one if the Wolves trade down with Charlotte. First of all, 
I don't think the Wolves are going to draft Wiseman. I think what's happening here is Wolves are trying to finagle their power in order mm-hmm. to get the Hornets really scared that they actually might take another big man to pair with Carl Anthony Towns. And the Hornets, they're, they're hoping they get scared enough to give up some stuff to move up to number one. I'd call that bluff all day long. Yeah. Do not think Minnesota is going to take James Wiseman. But if that's what John Hollinger is, is writing here, that that's what he's hearing, fair enough. He proposes this trade, Nada. Mm-hmm. He says one possible construction, the third pick, Miles Bridges, and the 32nd pick for the first overall pick, Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman. I would not do that. I think I would rather just take the third pick, whoever that is, and I would keep Miles Bridges, who you certainly have to have. Um, uh, and, and the 32nd pick, too. You know, I mean, because no, no, Jacob no. Evans, what would you say is more valuable, Evans, Amari Spellman, or the 32nd pick? You would say it's the 32nd pick. You are handling this a whole lot more diplomatic than I am because, again, if that was <laughs> if, like quite honestly, if that was the trade, I would, I, ugh, I don't know what, how I would react. Like, we would just need a five second delay. And, and this is a podcast. But at the same time, I'm just saying, like, that is horrifically bad. You don't trade that many assets to go up to number one in a week draft. If this was Cade Cunningham and other, the, those other kids from the next year's draft, Okay, I can see there being a discussion about this this year. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't do that. That's jumping yeah. out the window. Well, and remember, Amari Spellman and Jacob Evans were both guys that were already traded from Golden State. Golden State gave up early when they had the Andrew Wiggins trade, I believe. And so, um, yeah, that, that's not a trade that I'm doing, but that's John Hollander just saying that's one possible construction. He did say that would leave the Wolves in a position to gather some assets and select Anthony, Anthony Edwards with the third pick, who fits better with Russell um, uh, Towns' pair than Ball does, which I would agree. So I mm-hmm. think probably just take Anthony Edwards right from the rip. But I think that scenario is slightly unlikely. So he's discussing the trade here. He's saying, I think that scenario is slightly unlikely. And if not, I think Minnesota or whichever team picks here that isn't Charlotte takes LaMelo ball. So he's going with LaMelo ball, even if Minnesota holds tight and he's going to discuss maybe, you know, somebody else. If, uh, if uh, say taking LaMelo ball, as long as it's not Charlotte, you know, not, it seems like everybody's running rampant with this. Charlotte is interested in James Wiseman first and foremost. And if he's there on the board at three, they take him. They might just damn well trade up to go get him. It it seems like that's the thing that is most consistent, right? Like we, we heard about a Kung Wu stuff. We've heard that maybe a Kung Wu isn't all, they're not all that interested in it. They're just, you know, Anthony Edwards is plan B. We've heard some of that. One thing that is consistent that we keep on hearing is that the Hornets are very interested in James Wiseman. I I believe it. Call me naive. I believe it. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you there. Like I'm at the point where I'm, I kind of believe it too. And I know you're not happy about it, but again, no. it's just, what do we believe here? And I think, uh, I know Doug Branson's a fan of it. Doug yeah. wants to, we didn't have Doug come on and talk about his love for Wiseman. No, like li- literally at this point though, Walker, I, and this is my thing with Wiseman. If you're going to pick him, pick him. But with this pick, you better be sure he's this all, he, he better be Jaron Jackson Jr. He better be that because if not, then you're going to have a lot of fans to explain this to you. And you're going to have to, and then you've just cemented another year of another narrative about the Hornets, Hornets not knowing how to draft. I think, um, and I hope they, they realize that at this point. There's another name that he brings up here, and I want to talk about that in the third segment. It's another name, Nada, that would make you pretty unhappy. We talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League 
comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from come from uh, Catawba County. Get so, them on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So just one other thing to mention in Hollinger's write-up on the Charlotte Hornets picking three overall. He has them mm-hmm. taking Anthony Edwards, but okay. he does say this, nada. <laughs> he says, the wild card name here is Obi Toppin, who fits this team's history of drafting highly productive college players. I think that's more likely if they trade down, but keep it alive in your heads. That's, the, that's all he says about Obi Toppin, but it is something he does mention here. You know, we've heard this before. I think we talked about this with Sam Vecini. I we, We've discussed how that narrative gets overplayed that fits the team's history of drafting highly productive college players. If you think Michael Jordan is running the show, then that's the only way this carries any water because, you know, maybe you could go to PJ Washington. Okay. Maybe you could go to, you know, Miles Bridges a little bit, but again, that's them picking 11th and 12th. Like yep. it's not them picking number three overall. So, you know, I, I would like to, I haven't done the homework and gone back in the draft of the guys that were one and dones that were so much higher upside. And, um, you know, I guess thinking at the top of my head, trying to think of some guys, yeah, I mean, even Brandon Clark, who I wanted last year, maybe Kevin Porter jr. Would have been somebody, but there's a reason he slipped all the way down to, uh, you know, in the first round, people mm-hmm. were scared to death about his off court stuff. I mean, that was real. So when you're looking at, I, I wanted Brandon Clark, Nikhil Alexander Walker, I believe came out as a sophomore. Like I just, that narrative gets overplayed. It's not true. It's overplayed. And I, I just don't think that's going to affect what they do in this draft. Not it sh- nor should it quite honestly, because yeah, I agree. I, and honestly, like when we start having these conversations and I know position doesn't matter, but pos- position does matter because where are you playing? Obi top. Like I've heard conversations, Chad Ford on Chad Ford's big board. Uh, for, again, on the lock on podcast network, I've heard conversations where they think Toppin is a center. And I agree, but not with this team. With this team, he needs to be able to be a solid defender. He has not shown to be a solid defender at all. He's been shown to cherry pick. He reminds me more of what Derek Williams would be right now. And that's not necessarily something that should make anybody feel comfortable. And if you- <laughs> no, it's not. Like, 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 no, that's, it's not. That's, that's a, and again, just to, like Derek Williams, for those of us that don't remember, was this nice high flying slashing six nine guy that God he was fun against Duke, wasn't he? You remember yeah, he the tournament was, game, he, right? He got paid off that Duke game. He literally yeah. got drafted off that Duke game, didn't have anything else to him. And I thought he was gonna be awesome. I thought he was gonna be Iguodala plus and then he <laughs> flamed out of the league. Uh, I loved him destroying the Duke Blue Devils in the tournament game. I think he went something like five for five from three point range early on, something like that on top. Yeah. Up of him being able to soar through the gym. Anyways, we don't need to get on a Derek Williams tangent. Um, going down the list here, uh, this is re- it really is a, a well done mock draft with some of the write ups that he has. Some interesting stuff in here. So I, I want to jump to five. He, he has Cleveland taking Obi Toppin. You know, he just says, uh-huh. just think of Obi Toppin when the Hornets come to pick, but he has Cleveland actually selecting him. That would kind of fit the big man mold of um, when we were discussing the Hornets trading back to maybe get Anyeka Kongwu. I told you that I was most worried about Cleveland if they moved back to seven or eight and he's got Cleveland taking Obi Toppin. So, you know, that's something interesting there. He has Atlanta taking Denny Avdia, which is something interesting. Haven't seen that too many times. Um, Denny falling that far would surprise me. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think he probably goes, I would think maybe, I mean, I guess if he falls past four Chicago, you know, I guess you could see Avdia maybe go slip past five. But I, I mostly agree with you on that. Here's the name that keeps popping up. Nada. I feel like Patrick Williams is the biggest riser in this NBA draft yes. board on everybody's board. He goes the hottest draft rumors that Williams has a promise from the Pistons or at mm-hmm. the very least that they're extremely interested in him. Killian Hayes is the other name I've heard here, but a much, much lower volume. So with Killian Hayes, it, it seems like Patrick Williams is that guy. Um, he does mention that it possibly, you know, you could see, I, I think he mentions this. I'm trying to look for wh- whether he mentions uh, the Pistons possibly looking to trade up in order to get um, maybe somebody earlier in the draft. Maybe that was the rumor say, was with LaMelo Ball. I'm not sure if it was Hollander that, that wrote that, but I've seen that rumor fly around where the Pistons yeah. love would fall in love with a LaMelo Ball and trade up to as much as high as three. And as much as I like the Detroit pick, it's not where you want to be unless you are getting something of value. And it, unfortunately for Detroit, they have nothing that we value. Nothing. Because again, they're, they're young players. Blake Griffin is old and expensive and will cap you out in a second. And it, it just doesn't make any sense if you're talking about a Detroit team that possibly wants to trade up. If you wanted to get some shooting on the roster... Like, do you get, you know, do you ask for Luke Kennard and at minimum a draft pick? And then, you know, do you get the guy? I believe it was Luke Kennard who was drafted right after Malik Monk. And he then was. it was Donovan Mitchell who was selected the pick after that. So, you know, just a thought there. But here's the trade I wanted to get to. And it made us very happy. Not a, so <laughs> we saw this come from Chad Ford's big board. He actually put this out on Twitter earlier today. So Chad Ford tweeted out trade idea. Knicks send Mitch Robinson and the number eight pick to the Charlotte Hornets for number three. The Warriors would take LaMelo Ball and then he would have the Hornets. He says the Hornets, I and Yeka Okungwu. You know, at that point, if you get Mitch Robinson, who's under control contractually for three more years, mm-hmm. then you don't even have to take a Kongwu. You could take my boy, Devin Vassell. You could take... One of these other guys, like if an obvious did fall that far or Killian Hayes becomes a little bit of an interesting name, not a absolutely sign me up. You know, like even if it's just that, like even if you mm-hmm. don't get another second round pick or some protected first or something like that, I love Mitch Robinson. Give me Mitch. Give me the number eight pick. You can have the third overall pick and I would be one happy dude. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, again, any Hornets fan that doesn't want this deal is, again, smoking something that quite honestly is quite illegal. But I, I would, <laughs> but I would point out that just like when we start talking about guys that can immediately help and fill needs and have and be part of this core that they're trying to build, it makes a lot of sense to do this. That kind of deal for Mitch and then adding a Killian Hayes or an Aaron Neesmith or whomever you like, the best of the second crop, maybe even an Isaac Okoro who certain people are afraid of for no reason, for, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, now Isaac Okoro, who might be the best athlete in this draft that's not named Anthony Edwards. I Getting that second class plus getting an, a bona fide guy that you can build around, yo, I'm here for that all day. Um, one thing I do want to go to before we end today's show Uh-oh. is the video clip of Devin Vassell. It certainly scared me. You made fun of me. I felt down. I went into fetal position when you kept beating me over the head with that video clip. And everybody on Twitter kept tweeting at me, Walker, do you see? Walker, do you see? I you wanted to file it. for harassment. 
but there were too many people to uh, to file that harassment claim against. Here's what Hollinger writes about that. Worrying clips of Vassell launching Jamal Wilkes style, who, by the way, was an old Lakers player, if you don't get the reference. Worrying clips of Vassell launching Jamal Wilkes style from way behind his head were wisely scrubbed from Twitter, and sources insist that it was just him goofing around and not a real change in his form. I also talked with Paul Biancardi today on the wake-up call. He said, you should absolutely not pay attention to that. He should be a top 10 pick. You'd be foolish to fall for it. So I'm back on the Vassell train, baby. If you want to trade back and take Devin Vassell, I'd be, uh, that'd be another situation where I'd be one very happy well, Hornets. Fan. Wait, 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 hold, 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 let me, let me get this straight. So you theoretically got jumped. You got your ass kicked. And then you went and yeah. grabbed an adult to tell you that it was going to be all right. Put a little two of them. I, on I grabbed leg. two adults, not a. You got two adults to put some put some band aids on your knee again. Heal heal you up. Get you out there ready to fight again. That's yep. what we're doing right here. Yep. And um, you know what? I'm gonna you know I'm gonna tell on you guys again. I'm tired of getting bullied. You know, <laughs> at some point when I was going up when I was growing up in elementary school. People, teachers, adults told me all the time, it's okay to tell someone. And I told Paul Biancardi, I told John Hollinger, and I'm just glad that they've got my back. I will tell on all of y'all. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Also, Hollinger and Duncan. Listen to John Hollinger. Listen to Chad Ford's Big Board. They're putting out fantastic content all about the NBA draft taking place on November 18. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.